Hi, everyone. My name is Raven, and welcome back to Sisters of the Night podcast. First of all, I need to apologize. I've been away for far too long. I had a couple of vacations and then settling back and stuff. Like, it just kind of threw me off. So, uh, I'm trying to rebrand a little bit. There's going to be a new theme song. What else? Uh, there's going to be a new schedule. Well, I'm trying to work on a schedule right now. I was trying to upload weekly, um, and I'm going to try shooting for that again. And yeah, uh, I apologize if um, you can hear my neighbors. They're pretty loud, but that's it on my update. And before I start the episode, oh, I'm by myself today, by the way. So this is even weirder. I'm not talking to anybody but myself, but I talk to myself all the time, so it's not anything new. (laughs) So before I move on, you all need a visit. Please help finddaniel.com. Daniel Robinson has been missing since June of last year. On the website, you can sign a petition which hasn't even reached its goal yet. Uh, You can donate. There's updates on events. Uh, There's updates on news. You can volunteer, etc. The next special operation search will be on April 16th, 2022 off of Sun Valley Parkway and Cactus Road, Buckeye, Arizona. Stay hydrated. And if you can volunteer, please do so. It's going to start at 6.45 a.m. Again, that's pleasehelpfinddaniel.com. And now let's on to the show. to a wrath of flames engulfing her room. Frantic and winded, she attempts to escape the fire by pushing on the door with all her might. She quickly succumbs to the reality that she is trapped, doomed to give in to the inferno that was once her home. The callous arsonist lets out a cackle as his face gets warmer from the flames. As he takes his first steps away from the horror he left behind, an agonizing scream stops him dead in his tracks. What have you done? Echoed in his ears. His heart began to pound, his breath shortened. Struck with fear, he used every fiber in his body to move his head to look over his shoulder. A figure emerged from the fire, stumbling closer towards him. He turned to face the figure and hovered over his gun. He's never had to use it before. Walking in his line of sight was a beast, a woman with hoofs and a snout. He trips over himself in fear, landing on his back. Scrambling to his feet to reach his horse, the woman repeats in distress. What have you done? Blinded from her injuries, the woman falls into the river. Her body was never found. That was my rendition of the San Antonio legend, the Donkey Lady. San Antonio, Texas is the seventh largest city in the nation. In 1691, it was noticed, noticed, okay, by Spanish explorers at the time, inhabited by the Papaya native people. San Antonio was founded in 1718 by the Spanish, and in 1863, it hosted the Battle of the Alamo. That's where I went on vacation, and yes, I did see the basement. San Antonio is old. Being just over 300 years old, it has a history and a large sum of hauntings. I'm, I made a list, and maybe I'll post that list on Instagram, but it's like about like 20 different 
uh, hauntings, uh, such as theaters, hotels, bridges, railroad tracks, bars, homes, mansions, etc. Haunted thing, you can name it, they have it. And out of all those haunted things today, I am going to talk about the Donkey Lady Bridge, aka the Apple White Bridge, which is the home of the ghost or creature known as the Donkey Lady. It is said that she lives in the woods that surrounds the bridge. She is described as a half-human, half-donkey creature with bulging eyes elongated face resembling that of a donkey and fingers and toes that fuse together, mimicking hooves. Locals claim that if you visit the bridge in your car, honk, and wait long enough, the donkey lady will leave your car damaged with hoof marks. She is said to chase off anyone who honks at her. That is how to get her attention. The true origin of the donkey lady is unknown. The legends vary. Some sources say it could have been from the 1800s and others are in the 1950s. And there's many different variations of the story itself. Um, One of them, the husband is in a crazed state and burns the entire family in the house, including himself uh, or a cruel stranger like in my rendition. But all of them, unfortunately, leave the poor woman disfigured with an elongated face and her finger and toes fused together, resembling hoofs. She is to remain haunting the Medina River in grief over the loss of her family. A blog called Texas Cryptid Hunter shares a version they heard as a child growing up, and it goes like this. A settler woman lived near the banks of Elm Creek with her husband and two children. The couple was barely scratching out a living from farming the stingy South Texas soil and raising a few heads of livestock. One day, the son of a wealthy San Antonio merchant came riding onto or near the property. Somehow, the young man came into contact with a horse or a mule belonging to the pioneer family. The young man, as the story goes, teased the animal and hit it with a stick. The poor animal retaliated in the only way it knew how and bit the merchant's son. Enraged, the young man began to beat the animal even more severely than before. The poor creature's cries reached the ears of the pioneer couple and they quickly rushed to the scene. It became obvious to the couple that their animal, no doubt vital to their livelihood, was about to be beaten to death. The couple began throwing rocks at their animal's assailant and pelted him several times. They did not realize this young man was the son of an important man in town. The young man hurled a string of explicits at the couple as he retreated, but swore he would get even with them. That night, a party of men, led by the wealthy merchant and his son, stealthily approached the young woman's cabin and set fire to it with torches. The heavily armed man refused to allow anyone inside the cabin to leave. Desperate, the man of the house attempted to make a break for it in the hopes that his wife and children could escape while he distracted their attackers. Alas, he was gunned down almost immediately upon setting foot outside the cabin. The screams of the woman and her children as they burned alive were heard up and down the creek for over a mile. Just as the mob was sure that their unholy task was complete, a figure engulfed in flames smashed through what was left of one of the cabin windows and staggered toward the stunned and now terrified men. The woman's hands seemed to have been burned down to mere nubs, and her face appeared to have melted or sagged to the point that it was unnaturally long and deformed. The poor creature's clothes were gone, burned away, revealing skin charred completely black, yet somehow still on fire. The wretched creature that had once been a happy, sod-busting wife and mother let out a bone-chilling wail, then staggered past the men and hurled herself off the bank and into the waters of Elm Creek. 
The criminal mob followed to the point where she had launched herself into the black water and saw no trace of her. Her body, it is said, was never found. Another variation is, in the mid-50s, a woman would walk her donkey along the road to the fields near her home to let the donkey graze. A boy claimed the woman's donkey had bitten him, so the boy's father and several of his friends plotted to grab the donkey as it was being walked by the woman to the fields. They waited in the woods and then jumped out when she walked by and tried to grab the rope from the woman that was leading her donkey. As they fought for the rope, the donkey accidentally fell into the stream and drowned. The men were walking away when the woman started throwing rocks at them. A rock hit one of the men, knocking him unconscious. The other men grabbed the woman and threw her into the water where she drowned. The spirit of the woman and her beloved donkey combined into one and now angrily roam the area around the bridge. Either way, the origin story of the donkey lady is pretty sad. Encounters with the donkey lady are also different variations. People have said they felt like they were being watched. Others say they heard what sounded like hooves running away from them. Some of them even said to hear suffering screams mixed with the donkey's bray, then later found hoof prints on their car. One encounter by Reddit user Reject from Hell reads, Alright, so you may think this is bullshit, but I had somewhat of an experience. We went out to some old road near Applewhite Road. It was a fenced off cemetery. It was my friends and I in two separate cars, maybe like eight of us total. We go up to the gate, which is locked, to have a looky-loo. My brother was against this whole ordeal because ghosts aren't real and making fun of everyone trying to scare them, yada yada. His car is in front, just parked, and I'm right behind him in my car. It was about 1 a.m. I'm sitting there idling, nothing is happening, so I just turn off the car but leave my headlights on. They get out to fuck around, and my brother runs back into his car and his friends follow. We meet up later after, and he says then, when we turned his car off, he noticed fog forming behind the gate on the ground. He thought nothing of it and just kept on. Then after he saw something come out of the fog, he thought it was a person, but it wasn't. Then he said he looked at its face and it was a disfigured thing. He couldn't say man or woman. He just said it looked like a person with a really fucked up face. My brother is not one to believe in spooks, but he said that was the only time something freaked him out. My brother is not one to believe in spooks, but he said that was the only time something freaked him out. And now, according to Creepypasta, this encounter from an Angel Fire site reads, Down in an area near San Antonio, there is a legend of the donkey lady. She is reportedly the spirit of a horribly mutated woman appearing to be half woman, half donkey. She was reported to haunt a bridge in the woods south of town, and this location has become a hotspot for local thrill-seekers, both young and old. This story is not directly related to me, but happened to some friends of mine. I have known them all my life and have no reason not to believe them. One night in late 1987, while at my best friend's house, four fellow companions showed up. Bored and looking for something to do, we suggested they visit the Donkey Lady Bridge. This location was only a short drive from the house five or six miles, and was a local favorite amongst late night stories. They agreed and were soon driving out of sight. About six hours later, their vehicle returned to our driveway with only one occupant. Assuming he had taken the girls home and that he was ready to party in San Antonio, we went out anxious to greet him. What we found at the car is something I'll never forget. The windshield was busted, the front dented, and there was what appeared to be blood all over the hood. 
We immediately ran over to the driver's door to see if John was alright. However, John was just sitting there staring out the window with a blank expression on his face. After several minutes of consistent badgering, we finally got him to talk. He, Lisa, Terry, and Jill arrived at the bridge. They began to honk their horn, trying to summon the legendary donkey lady. After 15 minutes of not seeing anything, they decided to go into the woods and look for themselves. What happened next was truly incredible. And if I hadn't known John all my life and seen the car, I would have not believed him. While walking in the woods, John said he got the feeling they were being watched. He immediately stopped and told everyone to be quiet. Looking around and evaluating the situation, he discovered what appeared to be two eyes staring at them off in the distance. These eyes seemed to be reflecting the moonlight and were of a color that he said to be indescribable. The girls panicked and began to run back to the car. John was quick to follow and soon, and soon after he turned away, there was a horrible scream from the direction of the eyes. He described it as being a cry from an intelligent animal. Too afraid to turn around, he picked up the pace as he ran to the car. When he got there, the girls were already in the car, screaming for him to get in and leave. As he was trying to find his keys, he heard something to be the sounds of a horse running in their direction. Starting the car, he slammed it into gear and put it to the floor. Suddenly, a figure appeared around the road in front of them. Too afraid to stop, John collided with the figure. It hit the hood of the car and rolled over the roof. Looking in his rearview mirror, he said he thought the figure got up and continued to pursue them. After hearing this and seeing the condition of the car, Steve and I immediately felt this deserved a second look. John told us he would never return to the bridge again, but if we wanted to risk our lives to go right ahead. Grabbing two flashlights and a pair of shotguns, these were the biggest weapons Steve's father had, we jumped in my pickup and made way for the bridge. As we drew closer, we slowed down and turned on the many off-road lights my, my truck had. These lit the road and the woods to the side of us as if it was daytime, giving us an outstanding view of the bridge as we approached. The first thing we noticed as the bridge drew near were the numerous amounts of blood on the road. However, these were the only signs of evidence we could find. Upon investigation of the woods by foot and shotguns, we discovered what seemed to be several tracks of a small, unshelled horse leading to the road. After several hours of looking and not finding anything else, we returned to the house. By this time, John had already found his way home, and we lay in bed too excited to sleep. To this day, none of the four individuals involved in this story have returned to the bridge. Another common encounter with the donkey lady is through a hotline locals can call. There was two hotlines created for the donkey lady. In 1970s and 80s, was supposed to have a recording of hoofs clicking, and if it stopped, the donkey lady was coming after you. Some people have said to hear creepy sounds or a woman picking up the phone and responding to their questions. And then in 2018, from October 31st to November 6th, each day callers would get a new automated message from the donkey lady unfolding her life story. So, where is the donkey lady now? Well, the bridge has been closed off by a gate to discourage people from visiting, but the donkey lady still gets visitors and the bridge still stands strong. Would you visit the donkey lady bridge?